0: Yo, 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 what is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode. Ah, it's fucking flat. Let's start that again. Yo 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 welcome back to another episode of the earn your good day podcast where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger more resilient and far more capable of things than they believe in or have ever been told is possible. I'm your host Zach Canadi. Now, before we go ahead and hop into today's episode, I do have a quick ask for y'all. And that is something pretty simple, uh, but extremely important. And that is that if you find the information in today's episode useful, you actually use it in your life. Okay, the whole point of this podcast is for me to give y'all information for y'all to be the more badass motherfuckers than you already are. Right? That's what the whole opening to this podcast is you're more you're stronger, more resilient, and capable of so much more than you think or have ever been told is possible. However, sometimes to get to our absolute best, we need some new information. We need new tools in our tool belt so we can fully fully utilize ah excuse me our skills, right? So if we don't have those tools, sometimes it can be hard to effectively accomplish a task or effectively develop other skills in an area. And one of those skills, which actually goes into today's uh, topic, is that of time utilization. All right. So that's part of what we're going to be talking about today, but not quite. So let me tell you what we're actually going to be talking about instead of just you know this bingo bango 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 beating around the bush let's cut to it and that is on the topic of cutting out and or minimizing social media use and my experience with it over the last year and a half two years so far so what am i going to be telling you all about today well basically just that i'm kind of going to give you guys a breakdown of what my social media use is why i initially minimize it i have not cut it out completely as you guys know that's actually how i uh, advertise and market this podcast is i post every monday and or tuesday if i get too busy on a monday right, and let you guys know that another fucking episode of the irony good day podcast drop baby so that's what most of my social media use is i'll tell you a little bit more about what it is then i also want to tell you guys about kind of the first month of me minimizing it making big changes to it then kind of like the first you know two to six months about six months to a year And the last, you know, six months to the last year, uh, I've just kind of, with my current social media practices and a lot of the things I've noticed. And then, as always, I do have a call to action for y'all and a muy delicioso recipe. Um, And today is going to be actually super simple. So, let's get to it, shall we? Basically, like I mentioned, I have been minimizing my—actually, not minimizing—I've just been regulating. I think is a better word for that. My social media activity for the better part of the last two years, year and a half, two years or so. And to be honest, I found a lot of benefit from it. Uh, I'm much more happy. I'm much more confident. And my favorite thing is that I'm a lot closer to the people I care about in my life. And What's nice just personally, aside from those things, is I'm actually a lot more productive, as you guys can imagine. So why did I do it in the first place, right? Like, why did I minimize social media to begin with? Well, I want to take you guys back. uh, It's about the year before COVID started. And what was it before COVID? I don't remember exactly what it was. It's been a minute now. All right. whether it's a year and a half, two years. Maybe it's even been three. I don't know. But... It was at a point in school where I had a lot to do, and I just noticed myself always getting distracted, always looking to my phone for a distraction because uh, I was doing still a lot of like personal development on my own, journaling, you know, meditating, praying, uh, always working out. And I just started to notice that like, during the day, I really don't like school in the traditional sense, like how it's set up, especially um, – Like just with busy work or, you know, if I don't find a topic incredibly practical, I'm like, why the fuck am I using this? Um, And so I started to notice that a lot more this particular semester that I began this. And I was like, okay, well, like, it doesn't matter really that I don't like the work. I still got to get it done. Uh, But I'm perpetually just turning to my cell phone, always, you know, looking at social media for an outlet or, you know, to give me a break because it's just, it's oh so bad. Like, I really just didn't want to do it. Uh, I also was starting, you know, to, like, just not feel productive at all and was starting to, like, kind of weigh on my mental a little bit because I just, like, wasn't performing the way I wanted to and or just frankly needed to. And then lastly, I just, I also noticed I was starting to compare myself a lot to, You know, social media, especially fitness influencers and like my body compared to theirs. And that one was really like hard. Now, I do think comparison has its proper place. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily like the thief of all joy. In fact, I think it can be an incredible driver. Uh, I actually compare myself all the time to people that I aspire to be like. Now, I think where it becomes a thief of joy is twofold. One, when you don't have any work to follow it up, like you're not working towards getting there uh, because then you just feel like absolute dog shit, right? And number two, if you don't think you're worth anything. Uh, Because if you're not doing any work to actually work towards your goals, it's really hard to have any self-respect. And if you don't have any self-respect in general, and you see somebody's absolutely stomping you in terms of their how far they are in life, right? It doesn't matter if they're a hundred trap ahead of you. It just kinda of feels like shit because you're like, Wow, I'm not really doing anything, so I feel like shit there. And they're so far ahead of me. The mountain almost seems you know, insurmountable. Um, so I kinda of just I just didn't really like how I was feeling. I was getting kinda of down on myself and I just I'd become pretty aware of that, so I wasn't like I didn't feel adequate in terms of physicality, right? Like I never look bad. I don't ever look. I never looked uh, exceptionally good at that point physically, right? Neck down. I've always been pretty damn cute from the neck up, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, but anyways, I kind of came to the conclusion that I just need to limit my social media. I think the big driver at the time. Uh, was mainly, I just need to get my schoolwork done. And I was getting distracted a lot. The other two were kind of just, I guess, secondarily, secondary issues and reasons. So, what I did was I went into my phone, and in my phone, it's underneath like the wellness and something else tab. If you have an Apple phone, it's something else. Um, I don't know. I'm not part of the Apple cult, but that's besides the fact. So find wherever you can put a timer on apps. So either, I think you can do this in two ways. One, when you've used an app for so much time during the day, your phone will pause it. Or two, you can kind of block the notifications of certain apps for a certain time period. And that's actually what I chose to do. I figured I just really wanted to be productive during my work day. And that really kind of came down to, on an average, 8 30 to 6 30 that's where majority of my work took place after that was usually or before that was usually getting ready for the day doing like my journal personal stuff um so i didn't really i just wasn't on my phone that much either and when i was on my phone it was usually like on the bus or walking to work or calling my dad or my mom or you know checking up on friends see what's going on for the day um but I already wasn't like super on it a ton in the mornings, so I was like, "Oh, 8:30 works. Like, I'm already in class. Like, it shouldn't. It's not going to be a big deal. And if I need to check anything, like, I should be able to check it by 8:30, even if I sleep in a little bit on the weekends. I'm usually up around between eight and nine, so I should be able to get it. Because I did this for seven days of the week, not just Monday through Friday. And I think that's um, pretty important, because otherwise, it's easy to kind of lose a whole day. And then From eight thirty in the morning, they are turned off. Notifications wise, I can still access them if I want. I'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, But the notifications are turned off for those at from eight thirty in the morning until six thirty at night, which was usually around the time I was getting done with work and going to cook dinner. And so then I was like, "Well, yeah, that's kind of a good time. Most of my work should be done, uh, so I can check back in with friends. You know, make sure plans are going around um, and such." And so I decided, right, I did not block all my communication apps uh, because I still needed to get in touch with people, especially for school, right, group projects. Uh, I was also a personal trainer and instructed a class and had several other responsibilities at the time. So I decided to leave my group me unlocked, YouTube unlocked, messages and messages unlocked. And then obviously like music apps because uh, I like to listen to music and podcasts while I work. Um, but all social media that I have, which really is not much, it was Snapchat, uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger, <clears throat> Instagram, as well as Netflix. Um, I turned those off from 8.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. However, the reason I left YouTube on was because usually I use YouTube a lot to study. And so that's kind of what I justified it for. I originally had it turned off, uh, but I ended up turning it on because I was constantly looking things up. And my phone, when I turn on the apps, it only gives me a five-minute limit to use the apps before it shuts them down again, unless I have to go through a process to intervene. Um, But I just kind of got tired of that because most YouTube videos are longer than five minutes. So I decided to turn YouTube off. My justification was I use it To learn right that was my justification however as i'll talk about that is not always how things went for the most part it was um but youtube especially nowadays in 2022 is become more and more like a social media site and less just a search engine for videos of whatever in the world you wanted to find um so yeah, that's kind of what a, that's kind of the parameters I set for myself, and for the first month, I noticed a couple things. The main one, I got bored a lot, like a lot. I never realized how much time I was spending on my phone uh, because I would get done with class. You know, at Iowa State, we had, I usually had ten minutes. Classes usually started uh, ten minutes either on the hour, ten minutes afterwards, or they ended usually 10 minutes before the hour, so, uh, and usually not on the hour or on the half hour, right? So classes either started or began or ended at the 30-minute mark, the 50-minute mark, or the 10-after mark. Usually they weren't on the hour. I think that was just scheduling. Some of them were, but, you know, it was whatever. And so I would have, you know, 10 to 40 minutes between classes usually, and I noticed I checked my phone all the time. Not that that's a bad thing, uh, but I was just always on it and kind of became absent-minded, right? Like I really didn't notice a whole lot going to campus. I didn't um, notice much around me. It was always sucked into my phone. And if you guys have ever seen the Netflix documentary, I believe it's called The Social Dilemma, uh, you guys know that social media's whole purpose for existence, like the product that they're selling, which they sell to uh, ad companies, is yours and I's attention, right? Literally our brain space, which is why, you know, uh, Instagram Reels, stories, TikTok, right? All of these are so addicting and why it like everybody talks about the algorithm like how to get the algorithm how to get them if you're a content creator how to get the algorithm to co- to show your audience your videos and you know the algorithm will suggest things uh that are similar to what you spend a lot of time on and i i started to notice well, one i was really bored so i was like because i pull out my phone and be like oh yeah i'm not i'm not supposed to do this and i put it in my pocket and i just be like, hmm, um, What do I do? You know, and I started to get, honestly, it was kind of awkward. I just, like, I just felt out of place because you look around, like, if you're not on your phone, I actually challenge you guys to do this. If you're somewhere, like, whether it be in a, like, in the mall, at work, in a restaurant, on the bus, like, just anywhere, literally anywhere where there's other people, put your phone away for 30 seconds or just look up from it. And look around you. What do you see? Go on. Go ahead and do it. If you're listening to this in public, you know, pause and look around. Well, I'll tell you what you see. Because it's all the same. Because it hasn't changed since the day I started doing this. And in fact, it's actually gotten worse. What you see is everybody is... Actually, I want to say everybody. About 99% of people are totally absorbed into their phone or computer. Even like two people are talking together, they're still looking at their phones and talking to the person next to them. So you're only giving people maybe half of your attention, right? And uh, what's crazy is we know about multitasking is you're not actually doing multiple tasks at once, you're switching tasks really fast. So people who claim that they're really good multitaskers, they're actually just really good task switchers. uh, And they can switch back and forth or between several tasks really, really, really fast and still keep it all straight. Um, But it it was just really strange. And because it, it just felt awkward, right? Like I was so used to, it was almost a comfort having my phone out in between like these times and it wasn't, You know, like, I don't know how to even explain. It was just kind of awkward because now I didn't have this thing to fill my time. Uh, So I started sitting a lot with myself and my thoughts. And to be honest, I also got a little bit sad because I didn't constantly have the joy of, oh, my friends are messaging me. Oh, you know, so-and-so posted a cool video or a cool picture on Instagram. Oh, you know, who posted a new story on Snapchat? Oh, what message did I get on Messenger? you know like i just didn't get those and when you're used to getting those all the time right and let's be honest we all live in an echo chamber of our own design right via and we create it by the pages we follow the people we interact with most the accounts that we like and subscribe to the the music we listen to the podcasts and the youtube videos we regularly create and what we just generally spend our time on the algorithm is designed to give us more of that And we typically find some sort of joy, even if it's not a positive experience, right? Like, uh, I have friends, I think it's the neighborhood app, where it alerts you of crime. That's not a joyful thing, but people get some sense of joy or satisfaction out of that app because they feel connected, in touch, right? Like, in the loop of what's going on in their neighborhood. And... Yeah, frankly, so like if, especially if you don't feel safe in your neighborhood, I would probably want to know, you know, if there's regularly, uh, either like physical violence, gunshots, drug deals, and where they are, so then I can just avoid those areas, or if I have to go near them, I can protect myself. Like, I would want to know that. So, I kind of just started to notice this, but then towards the end of it. I actually started to appreciate and realize I had a whole lot of free time that I could do with whatever I wanted. In the beginning, I actually just kind of started to notice campus, uh, what was going on, and like I would go sit places for a couple minutes and just kind of look around and look at the trees and actually just kind of, for lack of a better word, stop to smell the roses. (laughs) Like I knew Iowa State's campus was beautiful, but once you really... Like anything, like you kind of get used to it. And it was almost like re-entering a world again. Because I was paying attention to the trees, paying attention to the sculptures around campus. And there's a lot, you know. I would sit in benches for just a couple minutes and listen to music and look around me and just be surrounded by nature. I'd go onto central campus underneath the giant tree that you can climb and look at the Campanile And I think it's like 17,000 bricks or whatever. And I would hear the bells ring, you know, and just people watch and look at the architecture and the buildings and the history, know that some of them have been there for well over a hundred years since the campus was built in 1858, right? Like some of the buildings are damn near original and you can see that. And then you can also see buildings that opened while I was there and other buildings that are being constructed while I'm there. And it was really just cool to see quite literally 200 years of history or 150 years of history, you know, and it's being built on the day. And like I got to kind of just realize I was part of 150, however long it's been around year tradition at Iowa State University. I got to be a part of that. I got to contribute to that. And then also because I've graduated from there, it's my alma mater. I get to take that experience with me wherever I go and spread that with me. So that's kind of like the first month. It was honestly not as great as I thought. It was a lot of boredom, uh, a lot of sadness because I wasn't getting notifications and just being kind of awkward because I didn't totally know what to do right away. But with the beginning to realize how much free time I actually had. And then kind of from month two to six, Everything kind of started to calm down a little bit, right? Like my mind started to calm down and I got I now was used to it, right? Not getting the notifications. I was no longer like saddened by it. I was like, well, yeah, I, I kind of did this to myself. Like I actually flipped the switch on myself and gave myself the new perspective that when I did open the apps at social media at the end of the day and they did turn on, I actually started to feel really popular because I had way more notifications all at once, And so I felt like one of the cool kids who you see walk around, they're just, you know, they get the luxury of they could leave 15 people on red and, like, still have 20 people messaging them. Like, they look so popular. I kind of got to feel like that. And it it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, yeah, man, like, look how my friends text me and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I flipped around to a good thing. Um, And also, like, I really. My mind started to quiet down. Like the awkwardness that I felt was pretty much gone during this time, and I started to really look for ways I could fill my, you know, five to forty-minute gaps that I had, where normally I would go on my phone. And so, you know, I had a lot of reading to do in college because of physiology and chemistry, and you know, dietetics book. It's very content dense, and usually it was you know anywhere from ten to thirty pages of a textbook a day. So. you know, I would read one or two, maybe five pages in that time. And then that actually really helped because instead of waiting to read, if it was 20 pages that night, I might only have 10 or 15 pages that I have to read because I already read, you know, five to 10 of those during the day between classes. Or I would check up with emails, you know, communicate with clients, Um, coordinate with professors, do group projects, work on other homework assignments, you know, um, just like check other assignments so that they look really, really good. And I really just started to use this open time. I also started to use YouTube a lot more because I was always justifying it as a learning tool, right? Like I would be like, oh yeah, I'm going to study. And well, we all know how that goes. Um, and I'm so curious that I would be like, oh, this thing is super cool and it's still related, but not sort of, but kind of, and kind of in a woo-woo abstract way. Um, and so I'd go down rabbit holes, and that sometimes wasted a lot of time, just as much as being on social media did. But honestly, I don't feel as bad about YouTube rabbit holes, because usually it's something I'm interested in, or like can somehow add clarity to something I'm already uh, learning about like if you look at my youtube suggestions, it's kind of about one of three things either some sort of biological thing right like Something that's going on in the body uh, Or how like the earth and the body reacts nutrients and things like that uh, personal development right or I for a while was really into um, Like song reactions like reactions to rappers music videos because as much as I love rap, I never, I can't quite break down the bars at the speed of, that rappers say them, even if they're just speaking. it English has never been my strong suit, so I was like, oh, what does this mean? Like, what's the deep in Because everyone's like, that's a fucking bar, bro! And I could get that for some of them, like, right, like the super blatantly obvious ones, but most of them I didn't. Also, I just don't, pay attention to music enough to kind of get the backstory of the history and so it was cool because uh, these re, you know youtube reactors would know all the backstory because it's literally their job like it's how they got paid so it's been a lot it's like those three things and then you know like covid happened so like the crazy things there was some things that uh had to do with that and like what was going on with that sorry it's like four main topics but the vast majority of it is personal development, and like biology deals or nutrition or physiology or something like that exercise and but also i get still social media and half the time a time sunk let's be honest as great as youtube is and i do love youtube uh it can be a time sink so and then also i think the big thing that started to shift in this phase was kind of how i viewed relationships with people before it was i don't want to use the word transactional but it it was i think shallow is a a better use of it because let's be honest like over social media relationships just are shallow you can meet somebody across the world and you know you tell them all your deepest darkest secrets but they're just a profile and as much as like they can text you and type to you and be vulnerable with you like it's just a profile. Like there's no, there's not really a ton of substance there until you put a person to the message. And I think we can all kind of wrap our head around this and appreciate it, especially after the last two years with COVID being so separated from everybody, right? Like the last two years, anxiety, depression, uh, uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, domestic violence, like all these things just skyrocketed So, did loneliness, um, right? Like drug overdoses, all these things skyrocketed. And one of the big connections was people lacked strong relationships with people, right? Like they just didn't have that connection. And I, I feel extremely blessed to have kind of made this transition before COVID got too terribly deep. Because I started a transition where. I because I wasn't interacting with people constantly all day long. I had to put more emphasis, more effort into my relationships with people because, sent you know, saying what's up in the morning at six a.m. and then not until eight or nine p.m. doesn't. It's kind of hard to have coherent conversations with people and have them continue on because conversations don't carry over for multiple days or weeks on end. Right, like it's usually five minutes to an hour or two. Like five to 15 minutes for the most conversations. Like, really good ones are maybe an hour, two hours, right? Most people aren't like Joe Rogan, who has a conversation for three to five hours. That's just insane. But I started to call people more, right? And I started to put effort into my friends more. Um, and I wish I'd done more of it, but the longer I've been kind of removed from social media during the day, the more I do this. Right, like the more effort I put into calling my friends and keeping up to date with them, and I'm still not great at it. But before it, it could, I might not talk to somebody for six months and not think anything of it, and only see them when I would go home or, you know, randomly meet up with them once or twice a year, you know, because I randomly ran into them on campus, and that was probably one of the biggest shifts that I saw is my relationships got a lot deeper, and more intentional rather than just surface level. So then kind of the transitioning from like six months to about a year of being this is really the biggest thing that came here was kind of continuing to grow in the depth of my relationships. But then also I really started to notice an increase in my self-confidence and a mastering of my inner dialogue because while I was less on social media. I was still on social media, right? So the comparison voice of these fitness influencers, especially when you're somebody whose career is in the fitness and the health and nutrition space to learn more, you almost have to seek out these people and the people who tend to be the most prolific also are the most extreme in terms of their physique their lifestyle like their health and they push these really extreme diets i think a really good example of this is somebody like liver king for the last year right like the dude is obviously in the percent of people in the world in terms of his physique and strength and also in the same percentage just on his abilities on how he's able to live life right like he's a an influencer so his whole goal during the day is to make content, to get views, so he can make money, right? And I'm sure he does other things. I think he has a supplement line. But that's what he does with most of his time, So, which is not how most people live their lives. Most people have to work a nine-to-five, sometimes a second job, and then they either have friends, a significant other, kids, right, like just family or other obligations, so they're not able to live like that and then he pushes a he look he's very extreme in his physique and he also pushes very evangelically his lifestyle right like being a primal being living the ancestral way um and like it's very it looks dope as fuck right like the dude's a beast he fucking owns it he does ridiculously hard workouts he's jacked to shit ripped and he's kind of living like the masculine dream. Like he eats meat all the time, is jacked as fuck, ripped, has a wife and kids, and is essentially a king of his own life, right? Like that's what almost every single dude lo- wants. And on top of it, he promotes that this lifestyle is going to make you more of a man. It's going to make you healthier. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you resilient like our ancestors. It's going to make you a primal you know so it's it's very enticing for people to want to do that but also that's not realistic right for the vast majority of people can you adopt some of his lifestyles and some of his viewpoints and some of the things sure right but let's be honest unless you live exactly like him you're never going to look or be exactly like him you know so this comparison game he wants you to be like him but until you do everything he does, and even then like you're never going to be like him. So you just it starts to be an insurmountable mountain and you're never quite good enough because you're never liver king. You know, whoever influence you're looking at. If you're a woman, you're never, you know, the Kim Kardashian or the Kylie Jenner body type or Taylor Swift, I think she's the latest pop off again. You know, whatever rapper like whatever you like to listen to and look at on social media you're just not going to be that person and they're always like ah oh, be like me be like me like i'm living the best lifestyle imitate me and that can be hard right like it's okay but i started notice after about a year when i wasn't around that just as much right like yeah i was still on it um but it wasn't nearly as much as it used to. I didn't give a fuck as much. Right? Like I stopped caring what people think. And I stopped like comparing myself so harshly, thinking coming down to myself against those people, because I was never gonna reach you alright. Know, like I was never gonna maintain sub eight percent body fat year round, be jacked all the fucking time and get paid to work out and take roids. Right, like Larry Wheels and these other guys do. Like I'm sure they have their companies, uh, but at the same time, like they're paid to work out and just get big as shit and look ripped as fuck all the time. Like that's literally their job, and maintain it year round. So yeah, do I expect him to do that? A hundred percent, dude. Like the best in the in everything are the extremes. Like that's just the world is built in hierarchies. Whether it's nature, whether it's business, whether it's a classroom, it's just life. Like, life is a bunch of hierarchies. There's always going to be some at the top, there's always going to be some at the bottom, and majority of people are going to be in the middle. So if you're at the top, yes, I expect you to look fucking amazing all the time. Right? Like, that's your job. And when you don't, somebody else who does is going to replace you. That's just the nature of things. Um, But I cared less about that. Right? Like, because I'd been spending all this extra time focusing on me, being more productive with my work and you know, working at just sitting with myself, quite frankly. I got a lot more comfortable with who I am. I got a lot more in tune with what I really want, like what I really care about. And frankly, that's improving myself every day, being better today than I was yesterday and being close to the people in my life that I care about and taking care of them the best I can. Much outside of that, I give a fuck about if you make more money than me cool, bro It's like I'm fucking coming for y'all Don't fucking worry about it. I am coming for y'all I'm still in school. I'm building this foundation and it's getting solid, dude Like I have not missed a week. This is gonna be 43 weeks Straight I have not missed a week I have stayed up till midnight. I have stayed up till 2 in the morning and every single monday An episode is out I have not missed one single week in 43 weeks okay I've been working on my craft I'm actually getting a secondary part to my craft and I'm also while I'm getting the secondary I'm learning a tertiary part to my craft so you can bet when I come I'm fucking coming hard I don't care if you make more money than me yet bro I'm just not there yet I'm baking my cake to steal Andy Frisella's line. I'm fucking baking my cake and I ain't gonna turn up the temperature to rush it because I'm gonna burn it. I'm gonna make this cake perfect, golden brown, and moist in the middle. I it's gonna be delicious. Just fucking wait, bro. I don't care, right? Like what people think, and that's fucking great, dude, because when you don't care what anybody's think and you realize nobody cares what about you it's liberating i think so many people and that's why our generation my generation is told we're the loneliest generation ever right cuz everybody's on social media so fucking much that all you see is everybody's highlight reel and then you see your highlight reel and you compare it to everyday life which you post a highlight reel but that's not what you see all the time in your life you see in your life you see the good parts you see the bad parts But because you see so much of the good parts of everybody else, you disproportionately think your life should be that good. Let me tell you something, folks, and you know this to be true, but remember it. Their life ain't that sweet either. They got their problems just like you do. They got their insecurities just like you do. They're... Feel like they suck in XYZ area, just like you do. They feel like an imposter, just like you do. They wish they had more friends, just like you do. They wish their friends would check up on them more, just like you do. They wish they were making money. They wish they had the next this. They wish they had that, just like you. They're not anything special, and you're not anything special. And that's the beauty of it. When we realize we're not anything special... Right, Even if our mom's told us so growing up, that's actually better. Because, I don't know about you, but Kanye says some some shit about Jewish people owning the world, which the vast majority of people who own the media companies and lots of major companies happen to be Jewish. He didn't really say it in the best way. But look at all the shit he's getting. Let's be honest. You can say whatever the fuck you want right now. I can say whatever the fuck I want right now. Who's going to care? The 10 people that listen to this? 20 people that listen? Right? Maybe in five years, somebody pulls this up and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And be like, so the fuck what, bro? I said it. I say whatever I want. Like, Once you realize that nobody cares and that you're really not all that special and that nobody else is that special... It takes the pressure off. There is no pressure, dude. Do your thing. Fuck what anybody else thinks. If they don't like it, fuck them. Do your thing. And then I think honestly, like the only downside I've seen of not really being on social media as much is I'm not as in touch with mainstream events. Uh, But I also see that as a positive because... Mainstream events are usually just like kind of bullshit anyways, like they don't really matter. Uh, And the ones that are interesting, like I hear about, like the ones that do make waves, I hear about from other people. And then I actually find that a benefit, because then I have to go do my own critical thinking, instead of just being indoctrinated by what MSNBC or Fox says, right? Like, I don't watch them, I don't listen to them. If I go actively search something out, I come to my own conclusion because I look for multiple perspectives on the same thing. So I'm not just listening to whatever this influencer said or that influencer said or this person said. I take what this person said, what that person said, and what this person over here said, and realize that each one of them is spewing some sort of, of falsehood, but also each one also has nuggets of truth. And I find the consistencies and I find the commonalities. I think through it and actually come to a more likely conclusion that or a more realistic conclusion that's closer to reality. And then I don't get as confused by things you're like, Oh, this is such a big I wonder why they're doing this. I wonder why they're doing that. I you know, I wonder that, really wonder if our government really take cares for us. No, they fucking don't. Um right? And so I don't I don't worry about him. I don't get sucked into this camp or that camp unless i like i agree with one of my own but like nobody i I do that to myself right like let's just be honest i don't let other people obviously like to some degree i do but like for the vast majority like i make my own decisions and it's not influenced by just one party like i actively search out multiple parties because i have to because i don't like listen to the news or i don't watch a lot of like Media um, on the news or current events. So I let people tell me and then I do my own research and I think through it critically. And I guess from like year one to kind of now, honestly, not a whole lot has changed. I think the biggest thing is I'm focused more on what I do uh, in my life in my day-to-day more so and I give a fuck less about social media. Really, the only time I ever post is... To promote this podcast and to market it and help more people listen to it and maybe like post something once a week about workouts or you know um you know like whatever you know like I repost something but I don't really care like y'all see me less but I'm doing more and then the biggest two things I think is one my confidence is higher than ever I'm so sure of myself more than I ever have been in my entire life because I work on myself every single day, no matter how I feel, if I'm motivated or I'm not, if I feel like shit or not, I get my shit done. End of story. Doesn't matter. And two, I enjoy life. I enjoy the ups and the downs. You can't have the ups if you don't have the downs. The reason the downs suck so much is because you've been so high, right? And I found when I was on social media a lot that I didn't get to experience the extremes. And yeah, does like the bummers really suck? Yeah, they do. But I tell you what's a whole hell of a lot better is the bliss of joy, and right? And like the gratitude and the satisfaction of completing something difficult. Going through the trials by fire and coming out stronger, knowing that you did that, that you didn't quit, that you fought for yourself. And that is a feeling that you can only get when you suffer. So you can only feel joy when we feel pain to some degree. And what's interesting, I'll do an episode on this eventually. One of the books I got is The Molecule of More, which is dopamine. Uh, And that's actually one of the circuits or one of the ways that dopamine is run. You have to go through trials and tribulations to get the biggest dopamine rush. So the bigger the trial and tribulation, the more dopamine you're going to get when you complete it. That means the heart, That's why the saying, the harder the fight, the sweeter the reward, is literally true. The harder you fight for something, the better it will feel when you accomplish it. You need to do hard things if you want joy in this world. You need to work out. You need to push yourself physically, mentally, relationally, career-wise. Fuck what anybody else thinks, dude. You're not that special. They're not that special either. Which means their opinion of you doesn't matter. Right? Do what you want to do. And if somebody doesn't like it, take it on the shoulder and keep moving, bro. Yeah, some of it's going to hurt. Some are going to land harder than others. But so the fuck what? This is your life. This is your life. Take ownership of it. Do what it is you truly want to do. And if you fail at it, you get to walk away saying that you tried and you gave an honest effort. It's okay to fail, right? It's not okay to never try or to never see what you're doing and what you're capable of. And I think everybody deep down knows that. I also feel create closer than to all my friends than I ever have. I have better relationships now. Than I ever have. I have fewer relationships. I don't talk to near as many people, because I don't really tolerate as much people's bullshit. Um, the people I do talk with, like, they get me. I get them, and we're both on, we're on similar tracks in life. We're doing this thing called life together, right? And I love that because we're trying to grow together in some, not all the same directions, but in some direction, you know. And that, I think, is, to me, probably the most valuable thing. Now, like I said, I can still go on. I still do go on, but it's a lot less. And frankly, some days, I just don't go on hardly at all. I almost forget that I have you know, people that I'm supposed to reach back out to or that I'm having a conversation with because I just don't care about social media. Like, if it was taken away from me, As long as I can call my friends, all the people I care about, I have the number. Uh, I'm good then. Social media is not the end all be all for me. I hope more people can reach that. Uh, and In fact, that's kind of part of my call to action for you guys. Which is, set some restriction for yourself on your social media and in general your screen time. Whether you do that during a block of time during the day, or you set time limits for apps that you spend the most time on. Do that for the next 30 days. The average person spends over seven hours a day on their phone. Seven hours a day. That is not counting computer time, and that's not counting uh, TV time. So it's probably closer to 10 to 12 hours, I would guess, which means almost half of your day Is spent in front of a screen and another third of it is spent sleeping ideally right so that means you have maybe four hours a day where your eyes are not looking at your screen that's one-sixth of your day one-sixth it's ten minutes out of every hour out of the 24 hours that you spend not staring at a screen Ask yourself, what am I missing in this? What am I not seeing? What am I not hearing? What am I not observing? And how can my life be better if I witnessed it? So that's my call to action for you guys. 30 days, set some sort of restriction on your screen time. And then I always, for the last episode, am giving you guys some sort of recipe uh, because nutrition and the things we put in our face hole is one of the easiest areas that we can practice extreme ownership of our lives. This is your life. Nobody else is responsible for what happens and how you respond in your life other than you. Not everything that happens to you is your fault, but how you respond to things is your fault. And what you do on the day-to-day basis, how you use your time, the thoughts you think, and the actions you take are your responsibility. So I want to give you the ability to have more respo- more ability to respond to utilize your responsibility. And one of these, the one that we're going to do today, is actually a less of a recipe, but more of a recipe for hydration and things to drink. Uh, and the reason being is because we are 99% water molecules in terms of number uh, if we laid them all out and counted them, every 99 out of 100 would be H2O molecules, and, which accounts to 70% of our weight. And also, water is involved in quite literally every single reaction in our body, whether we're creating water or we're breaking water to break bonds, or water is you know surrounding a muscles so that information can be passed. Water itself also holds information. Uh, If you'd like more information on that, I would look up Gerald Pollack and fourth phase water. It's quite incredible, and actually, it's now being utilized or looked at as a way for quantum computing because you can use five oxidation states of oxygen instead of the binary that silicon has. So what is this week's recipe? Well, it is quite simple. You take 24 ounces of water. You squeeze one half of a lemon in there, and you do about a a pinch of, I use pink Himalayan sea salt, uh, but some sort of salt. And this does a couple things. One, not only does it taste like lemonade, if you use too much salt and you taste it in the water, you use too much salt. Uh, It should just taste like lemon water with a little, yeah, just lemon water pretty much if you do it right. And this also, the reason why we put the lemon and the salt in there is because those molecules actually help pull the water into your cells. They make it easier to absorb. Uh, One of the things that plain, especially distilled water can do is actually dehydrate you further because it pulls all the water from in your cells based on its uh, tonicity, right? It is hypotonic, meaning there's not enough stuff dissolved into it. So, those things leave your cells and go into your gut, and then, or you pee them out, or you have loose stools, and it's no bueno, right? What we want to do is we want to pull the water from our stomach and our intestine into our blood, and then from our blood into our cells. Because if it's not in our cells, it's not being able to be utilized to its full extent. So, half a lemon, if you really like a lemon taste, I would do a full lemon. It is pretty. Uh, puckery, you know that mm, taste, uh, and then just, I usually do about 10 shakes of salt out of my Schultz, a salt shaker uh, about an eighth of a tablespoon or a teaspoon, excuse me one eighth of one teaspoon is what you need, aka it's a pinch um, so yeah, that is that guys with that, you know think about taking some time away from social media every day Get your hydration straight. Use this if you found it valuable. But more importantly, go out and earn a motherfucking good day, y'all. Peace!